Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Nice to have you for another edition of KSL Outdoors Radio. A brand new day underway here, and same old thing with triple digit heat. My goodness. We've got uh, four straight days of it, starting on uh, Friday, then Saturday, Sunday, uh, actually starting on Thursday with a 100-degree temp and then uh, continuing through Sunday. The good news is there's a change coming Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we'll focus on, uh, you know, what that means to your outdoor plans coming up here on KSL News Radio. Good chance we're going to see some more precipitation, particularly in the mountains, where my guess is a lot of people are still heading up, maybe for one one last hurrah before the kids go back to school. Tim Hughes in studio here at Broadcast House in downtown Salt Lake City. And again, we're recording this program on Thursday for your enjoyment on a Saturday morning. I've got people scattered all over the state and beyond, actually, uh, Russ Smith has been on the road for the past week or so. I think the last time I checked in with you, Russ, was uh, a week ago when we were recording uh, this program here at KSL. Right. But you were headed quickly to Montana, and you're in Big Sky Country well, I, this morning. I am. I've been here for a couple of days now. I think I can't remember when I left Utah, but I think it was on on uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, about midnight. I got up into Idaho and took a break, and then we drove the rest of the way. I'm I'm outside of Joliet. Okay. Now, you'll never find Joliet on the map. You got to really zoom in close. But but I'm I which puts me about 25 30 miles from Laurel. Okay. We're, and, we're south of south of Laurel, southwest of Laurel by about 30 miles or so. And is that where Megan's house is out there? That's that's we're sitting on top of the mountain here. I I would call these hills if you're from another locale, you'd call them mountains. <laughs> yeah. It's just gorgeous. It's just really enjoyed it. It's been hot up here in the afternoons, and uh, so we hunker down. Um, but it's just a beautiful – I'll send some pictures. It's yeah. just such a peaceful place. We'd love to be able to share it. How was yeah. the, yeah. oh, the, yeah. mo- the motorhome experience? Well, it runs strong. Um, let's see. What did I screw up this time besides <laughs> – Backing into the chimney on the side of my house. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's why I bought an old motorhome, because um, (laughs) 
because. All right. But let's see. Yeah, yeah. there's other things, too, but they're all minor. All right. Uh, so you had problems before you even got out of the driveway. Wow. Yeah. Uh, last time we checked in with this next guy, he was actually on <laughs> the middle fork of the salmon with a guy called yeah. Satellite Phone, which uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to kid anybody, Navi, and I actually made reference to it on the air. Can be frustrating at times, and Russ is the first one to tell you that, but if you're down, oh, in, yeah. if you're down uh, in a canyon somewhere, you're going to get that satellite passing overhead and then disappearing for a while. We made several connections, Navi, but got a little bit of an idea of what your uh, last week was like <laughs> on the river. Yes, yes. Um, the night before, we were in a place where I had a pretty good sky, and my wife, who's smarter than me, says, you should call Tim tonight, because I, we knew we'd had a, have access. Yeah. And then yeah. I just got your machine a lot, and Tim doesn't answer his phone in case you're wondering. Well, right? hang on. I was already in he bed sleeps. for the night. <laughs> yeah. And, oh. and we had specifically what? talked about connecting the next night, so I wasn't yeah, yeah. planning was, on well, you calling. So it was 8.30. Was that too, yeah. too late? Yeah, that's past my bedtime. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, then the next night, we were in the narrowest canyons probably of the whole trip. Oh, really? Uh well, um, we shared a full half hour of the conversation. Mickey jumped on with us for a little while, but I've been anxious to get a little more detail. So hopefully we get some time this morning to uh, talk more about it. But safe to say that it lived up to the expectations. At least that's what Mickey said, and I know you shared with us, that you had some uh, rough encounters when it came to shooting those rapids, but everybody came out safe and sound. Yeah, it was a blast, and it far exceeded my expectation because my bar was much lower. I had no idea this is such a special place and how lucky we were to get there. I, I'm i just glad I got to do it in my life once because I didn't know a place like that existed. I was hoping we'd be able to get Finn, uh, twist his arm to have him come on and talk about the permitting process. I've had some people asking what it takes to do that. Do you have any background on that at all? Um. Well, I know Finn wouldn't want to do it because he doesn't like radio, but the other reason is he don't want to tell people how to compete with him. Um, but there, there's a list of, I don't know, if there's if there's wilderness areas, there's probably one for every area wherever you live. Yeah. And you, they only allow so many people in there. And it's really glad, I'm really glad to do that because if there's ever a place that needs to be protected, it's this place. It's just epically amazing i have new respect for idaho so um yeah mickey sends out the list to all of his pals my wife participates i don't do computers (laughs) Um, but but they go they go to these places online and and they register and then they get drawn or not i mean the one we got for july they said it was one in ten thousand yeah that's crazy yeah. And then how do they regulate that? Uh, I mean, it's not like you pass through a, an entry gate, right? How do they regulate who's on and who's off the the river? And uh, well, is, is it patrolled well, on a regular basis? Oh, yeah. oh no, no. This there's they're going to control who gets in there because you got to go down this windy road, and then you have your meetings, and they check all your gear to see if you're in compliance. Ah, and it's very, yeah. very serious. There's a lot of stuff going on, and then. You drop, literally, there's a wooden slide built up off the ground, the wide as a, as a, a raft. And, of course, me being the rower, I had to get on that damn thing and go down. It was like, <laughs> ah. yeah, you, you slid all the way down to the river, and 
I'm not going to tell you it was scary, but it was scary. Yeah, Yeah. it sounds like it. Rush, you sound like you know something about this uh, permitting process or no? Nancy Siemens is headed to the same river, to the Middle Fork. Oh, right. And, yeah, you go online, you find a group, you join a bunch of groups, and, I mean, she goes every year. She She can work her way through it every year to go down the middle fork down the grand canyon is the same thing wow and you just join all these groups and you know odds are increased the more groups you're in the odds increase that you're going to get a permit every year or every other year you know it's you can do that yeah you know hey tim when i put my some of my photos online you know the one with the bear and everything yeah and i can't tell you how many people ask me if i had a permit let's talk (laughs) Just to uh, find out yeah, how you went about it. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of difficult to yeah. get it there. Let me tell this to people: there are two companies, and they were lovely mm-hmm. to everybody on the river. Two companies are are, um, you know, professional, you know, right. commercial. So you yeah. can pay, you can pay to go have these guys, these guides take you down. And if you're not really a whitewater rafter, don't do this river. <laughs> Because I loved it. I loved it. But I have so many hours on the oars that I could yeah. see, you know, it could be rough. Well, and you told me last week that you dumped, what, four four rafts, I think, on this trip? Yeah, four. Mine was called a dump truck, which a term I've never heard. <laughs> but they call it a dump truck when it goes up. Something about when it's on its side, straight up, and then all the stuff is hanging out. Something about the balance, it tends to go back. But everything emptied out that wasn't tied down, including me. I wasn't on the oars, though. Russ just wants to know if you brought back his satellite phone. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, my wife delivered that next day. All right. Uh, Now you know why. Yeah, Russ, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, people take good care of those phones on that river because they may need them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My my favorite part of the story, though, and I'm sure there's more to tell, which we'll get some time to do, Nobby, is uh, that you named all of your oars. Yeah. We had either or, either or, and or, and then the one we broke and had to fix, we called it iron ore when we were done. <laughs> yeah. That's great That's stuff. Good. All right. got to take a break, guys. We will uh, do that. Nobby, you've got a fish bites for us, right? Yes, I do. All right. Last week, we talked a little bit about how to handle fish in this heat. Uh, if you uh, should be stressing them at all on the rivers and streams. But we'll find out what Navi's got in store for us in the next half hour. Also coming up, Raylan Takeda, the Hunter Education Coordinator for the division, will join us. We're going to talk National Shooting Sports Month, which happens to be in the month of August. And do a little road tripping with Bob and Mark. They're out again this week. At least Bob is. Last week, they were out with Adam Eakle on the Parker Mountain Trail. I want to find out more about that, too. So we'll do all of that in the next two hours and check in with Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge. Do not go away. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. 
All right, welcome back to uh, KSL Outdoors Radio. Sometimes, you know, just our conversations in between segments off the air tend to yeah. tend to uh, have us derail some of what we had planned already. And I think this conversation we just had, guys, off the air is something that is uh, topical, certainly right now with the temperatures the way they are. We've got four straight triple-digit days, and then even when it quote-unquote cools off, we're going to be in the, the mid-90s or so. But it's timely today or this week because we had a story on Utah's Morning News about a uh, dehydrated hiker that summited Grandeur Peak with their dog Tuesday of this week, uh, but went down alone after the dog refused to hike down the mountain where it eventually died. Salt Lake County Sheriff Search and Rescue you know, came to help, but by the time they found the dog where, where the uh, owner had left it, it was too late. Uh, it's just another reminder of what this heat can do to you and certainly to your pets. We often, yeah. Russ, will talk about the fact that you could burn their paws if you take them out for a walk right. on hot right. pavement. But you don't think about if you're going to bring water for you, you better bring plenty for your dog, too. And dogs take longer to rehydrate, and that's the thing you got to keep in mind. you got to keep just putting their face in the water and getting them to drink because they can go fast. Yeah, and they had made it to the peak, but were on their way down, uh, uh, which is usually when these kinds of things happen. You said you uh, had a little bout of uh, heat problems this week. Yeah, because of my sedentary life, sitting in an air-conditioned shop that sometimes you got to put a jacket on, it's so cold. Yeah. Um, I'm not used to being in the heat, and I spent two days out working on the motorhome, getting it ready, and by the time I was ready to go, I was pretty sick. And it's just a, it's a funny kind of illness. It, it hits you in the gut and uh, just totally weakens you. Yeah. Um, and it it, it kind of skews your mental ability, too, if I'm not already skewed as it is. <laughs> yeah, and, you, you don't have much skew I, left. And I thought, you know, I'm going to drive out of there and drink a lot of fluids. I'll be feeling better. Well, it doesn't happen that way. Navi, and we, here it is. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Navi, when you take groups out, you have to be mindful of this stuff. Uh, and- you know, I grew up in El Paso, Texas, with a couple of Stanford a couple years in Arizona. Oh, that's and hot. you know how you guys yeah. give me grief about, you know, no bad weather, just bad clothing. Well, heat is far more dangerous than cold. Yeah. Um, like you say, how many people got you know, frostbite and died last year. Nope. You want to put how many people died of heat. That's the most dangerous one. And let me tell you, uh, I got it once in Texas, and they put me in a tub full of ice, packed it all Mm -hmm. on me to save my life. So my point is this is very, very serious, and I don't want to belittle this individual that took his dog up the mountain, but what are you doing hiking in this temperatures? This is not healthy. Well, and here's the thing. People think... Uh, look, I'm going to escape the heat. I'm going to get out of the valley. I'm going to get to higher elevations. It'll be very pleasant. But when you've got 100 plus, maybe 110 down in the valley, even at elevation, you're going to be in the upper 80s or lower 90s in some cases. And so you're still going to be hiking in the heat. Yeah, Yeah, well, if it were a cold day, you had a lot of clothes on and you went up, it would take you 10 minutes for you shed all that because the body heat that you produce. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, don't do any activity in the sun or outside. Just stay in the shade and drink fluids. you got to get through this. I hope this isn't the new norm, but I fear it is. Um, yeah. Russ, you said you've just been drinking a lot of fluids to try and tame it for the last couple of days. Right, right. 
and it, and I, it's getting better, but it's like I got so much to do here, and the days here are kind of brutal. They're not so hot as as the the sun is so. I, I, I'm saying something really stupid here, but the sun is so bright. <laughs> well, hey, but it, Tim. I mean, uh, Russ. Yeah. The sky is so big. That's why they yeah. call it Big Sky. <laughs> well, true. it is. No, I know. So yeah, we I know exactly what you mean. We yeah. hunker down for about four hours here. We're not outside. And uh, I think I think I'll get through it all right. But I, what I really need is some saline solution on ice and a constant uh, IV going for a while is mm. what I need. Well, and I but, wrote I wrote an article uh, based on another story that we had shared. I wrote an article for KSLNewsRadio.com. Navi, and we were talking about everybody focuses on uh, rehydrating. What about prehydrating? You need to make sure you're ready before you ever get out there. No question. you got to have it at the top. And, and you see even these athletes that are playing, you know, in, in this heat, um, even as we speak, you'll find that when they go in for half, they all got IV drips. Yeah. Because there's no way the body can handle it. This is beyond right. what humans are supposed to endure. Yeah. All right. Uh, I just thought it was important to get that information out there as we head into another very hot week. We do have to break. We'll get a a news update on the half hour. And uh, on the other side, we're going to check in with Bob and Mark. I want to get a recap of what they experienced last week. They weren't able to join us, but they were out with uh, Adam Eakle, who stole them for a day from us. And I think they're actually going to be out with them somewhere else this week. But uh, Parker Mountain, I hadn't heard much about the Parker Mountain Trail. We'll find out more when we come back, and Navinovskis will have your fish bites for the week. So stay with us here on KSL Outdoors Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.